I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Owl Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Welcome back, All Pellet fans. It's Brian and Becky and Mike, and we're here with some friends from Ohio State who have been doing some work on second-generation ag teachers and their impact on career choice and identity. And we have three of our colleagues from Ohio State today here. Why don't you start by uh, introducing yourselves? Hello, I'm Milan Pazderic. I just finished up my undergraduate degree at Ohio State, and I will be teaching agriculture education uh, in Ohio here in the fall. Woo, ag teacher! <laughs> awesome. We love it when we have ag teachers in the house. And my name is Ty Casey. I just graduated with my master's in ag ed from o- OSU, and I just moved back to North Dakota, actually, and I'm starting a new career in logistics. Awesome. And I'm Tracy Ooh, logistics. Yay. Yay, logistics. Yay, logistics. <laughs> <laughs> so you get some enthusiasm there, Ty, too. Uh, and I'm, I'm Tracy Kitchell. Uh, I'm a professor of agricultural education at Ohio State. Um, uh, have been on faculty at the University uh, of Missouri and University of Kentucky prior to. Uh, my day job is senior associate dean and director of faculty and staff affairs for the College of Food, Ag, and Environmental Sciences at Ohio State. Yay, Senior Associate Dean! Yay! <laughs> There's not many faculty that cheer for that. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Well, we're super excited that uh, the three of you have had a chance to join us today. Uh, Mylon, do you want to kick things off just by uh, giving us an overview of the study and, and what you did here and what you found and maybe the implications that it might have for uh, ag education and ag teachers? Yes, absolutely. So with this, we wanted to look at a kind of unique group of individuals that we were hoping to get insights on basically how we can better recruit and retain ag teachers. So we looked specifically at second generation ag teachers. These are ag teachers whose parents had the same career. And so we knew that they would grow up living the lifestyle of an ag teacher's child. And we wanted to see how that impacted their decision and then later in life. Um, so we interviewed about, I believe, 12 different individuals. Um, and so uh, basically asked them about what it was like growing up. And then later, how does that change their pedagogy? Um, so we found a few things that kind of arose at the end of the day. Uh, we saw that it first impacted their profession just by being immersed in the lifestyle of an ag educator. Um, they saw them not only growing up, they saw their uh, daily lifestyle as well as what it was like to teach. They knew their job intimately as well. Uh, we also saw that they acted as a role model to them. Now that could be good uh, if they exhibited those characteristics that they really wanted to see, but also sometimes they saw those things that they didn't want to do. Uh, and then finally, we also saw that these beliefs oftentimes shaped um, their lifestyle growing up. So living the lifestyle as an ag teacher, you come to uh, love you know, being in the rural lifestyle. You tend to love the impact that you have on your students. And these are things we often saw in them as well. That's terrific. So as you as you talked about that and saw those themes, what were some of the benefits that uh, you really started to see as a result of that? 
I believe, sorry, um, I believe just the immersion fact, um, they knew the expectations of an ag teacher uh, very well, which was very interesting. Um, going into the career, we can talk later about how that impacted their relationships. Uh, they knew beforehand the toll that it was going to take. I think times, oftentimes as ag teachers, we're known as overworking, um, having very high expectations of ourselves, which can oftentimes be very taxing. So they would see this as their parents. And so they knew they needed a better work-life balance going into it. Yeah, so to, to some degree, you know, from an outsider, those perceptions about what it means to be a teacher, what it means to be an ag teacher, people have certain perceptions of the, the, the role and responsibilities and the impact and the time and the commitment and all those things. But I think I'm hearing you say that uh, in a lot of respects, there's these second generation ag teachers, it wasn't a perception, it was their kind of their reality. They, they knew what they were getting themselves into and what those expectations were. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And that ended up being kind of the impetus behind, you know, why we did the study in the first place. I, I had sat on this idea for a couple of years um, with the idea that, and, and again, anecdotally, having conversations with ag teachers across several states for, for many years, uh, you know, uh, and, and thinking about ideas like, you know, you, you really have to know the job to, to, to want to be an ag teacher, uh, those kinds of notions. Um, you know, some folks would say you kind of have to marry your job. We could talk about the, the we could talk and unpack that one a little bit more, um, you know, but those kinds of notions and then thinking about that we have a, we do have a group of ag teachers that weren't um, completely unaware uh, of the kinds of things that it takes to be an ag teacher. And so to kind of see that play out, play out from the, the anecdote, anecdote side that was kind of the impetus behind the research to see that play out in the findings, uh, I, I think was, was really uh, reassuring that, yeah, we're kind of thinking about things on the right path in regard to this particular population and, and what they might be able to, to, to teach us about recruitment and retention about ag teachers. And I'm just curious, this is outside the study, but for some context, um, I think we've got some ag teachers here who had kids while they were ag teaching. So maybe just maybe for some context for questions, how old were your kids while you were, while you were an ag teacher for those on, for those who had kiddos while they were teaching? So my son was one at the time. So I started, we didn't have kids, then we had kids and then he, then we, he, he was one when I left and went to grad school. Yeah, my, my daughter was six weeks old when I started as an assistant professor. So that was before, um, yes, yeah, six weeks um, before I had started as uh, assistant professor. So I, I didn't have kids while I was teaching. Yeah, I lived through two newborns. Um, and I guess when I left the classroom, my daughter was four or five. Um, so I experienced that life as a uh, with young, young kids um, as an egg teacher. My daughter was when I left the classroom. So, okay, just for some context, I think Brian was going to ask a question actually related to the study. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's good. Good it, it, I did have all the flashbacks of the days I, when I walked into the classroom when Tim did not have a good night and I had the big dark circles under my eyes. And luckily some students helped me out with that. So hey, be easy on him. He didn't sleep last night. Um, when you were talking with, with the second generation ag teachers, how do you see that impact 
they're the way that they see FFA and the classroom and F and SAE kind of coming together Did that come up at all because sometimes we, we see teachers not really seeing that that all those pieces real well and so maybe living that they, they saw different aspects in different ways well I can uh, definitely speak on that we had across the interviews we had a wide variety of their three circle models basically um, I know one interview we talked about how her father was uh, very, very active in the SAE. And it was more or less because of his, um, his chapter had a lot of opportunities for that. They had a meat processing facility um, and where hers is solely a classroom operation. And then uh, SAEs is gonna be um, solely outside of the classroom. And so a lot of it was based on the resources they had, but um, I, several talked about how they, they enjoyed the FFA part more than maybe their father did. I know one talked about how their father wasn't in FFA, but she grew up in FFA and um, really enjoyed it, whereas he didn't understand it as much. And so um, the classroom was definitely a piece for all of them. And they all talked like their father was a great teacher. Um, and so that was never missing uh, from my perspective in the, in the three circle models, but the FFA and the SAE balance went back and forth depending on their fathers and their own personal experience. Ty, you had also mentioned um, that how, how those fathers, you know, did, did that job, whether it was in the classroom or FFA, had a, had a pretty significant impact on students, right? Yes. Yeah. And so the impact on their, their students is definitely seen from our perspective with their own children that we interviewed, but those children talked about how growing up in the classroom, whether it was they spent um, their whole life from when they're infant to uh, graduating and becoming an ag teacher, seeing the year after year after year, or just experiencing a few years when they were even just in the program, they would see uh, parent, parents of current children coming to the banquet to thank their father for the impact they had. Um, others were, would just see the, the seniors year after year crying at their speeches um, as they were getting sent off in their banquets every year. And so um, the emotional impact that they saw from the other students was um, greatly noticed uh, by the second generation teachers and the impact that their father had on their communities um, was definitely noticed. Yeah, and it, and it popped out in a way that I think when the three of us were processing kind of what we were, what we were hearing, um, that we started to think about the recruitment side and, and how recruitment tends to focus on the idea of we're going to recruit new ag teachers because we, we want to tell you how great the job is from the perspective of the ag teacher, which, which I think is important. But I think the wrinkle that we found from this study is that one of the, the long lasting aspects of these second generation ag teachers was really about that, that impact from the student. And so for us to think about as we're recruiting future ag teachers, not just telling the story from the ag teacher's perspective, 
but for them to hear what students say about what their ag teacher meant to them and capturing their their stories you know and maybe maybe you all would disagree but i don't feel like we've done that i don't feel like that's been our approach um, when it's come to recruiting ag teachers Uh, i really think it's been more about from the ag teacher's perspective this is what this job has meant which again is important um, but not necessarily hearing from the students like this is what it meant to have a really good ag teacher I would think that would be kind of enlightening for ag teachers to hear sometimes too, as far as maybe what mm-hmm. we tend to think is important versus what students saw. And I even think about the things like for my own daughter, the things when we get to the end of the day that she's like, Hey, this was the coolest part of my day. <laughs> lunch, but like we do lunch every day. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that was like those everyday things that I think we sometimes forget about being so important when we're trying to do all these, other, all this other stuff. This, this study makes me think a little bit about um, stages of uh, careers for ag teachers, uh, early career, mid-career, late career. Um, I don't know the, the population of the, the teachers that you, that you talk to, but what's the impact over stages of careers, so uh, career stage? So do you see um, that this second generation ag teacher, it's more impactful in their early careers or to do you get a sense that it carries through their entire career? I would say that the impact was almost a hundred percent the same across all age ranges. I think our experience level was one to 19 years um, of experience. And like the passion that came out of the interview with one and the passion that came out of the interview with 19 was almost the exact same. Um, and I would say it'd be interesting. Like I'm thinking about it in the, the two ends of the perspective. The more experienced one has seen way more of the career through the teacher's lens, but the impact, um, and they could probably see how it's more influential, but the impact is still fresh in the mind of the first year teacher um, or first, the second year at the time. Um, but I'm curious if you would think if I'm, my mind is like kind of blocked right now, but thinking about like the person who's like six years in seven years in how much different it is if they've kind of forgotten it because you, if there's in their own flow of things at the time, but, um, it was definitely impactful across the board for all 13 or 12 or 13 participants. That, that's fantastic. And so, you know, with that, with that impact that they had, did they talk about any kind of pressure they felt that, you know, if, if their ag, if their parent who's the ag teacher is some great ag teacher known across the state as this great person, and now you've come in as that person's child to be an ag teacher, did they feel, feel pressure to be their parent or did they feel like they were okay trying to be themselves as an ag teacher? I think they felt that quite a bit. Um, but we also noticed that it wasn't always external pressure, like someone expecting that from them. It was a lot of internal, where they knew how well respected their father was. They knew how great they were. And so they're like, oh, if I can only live up to his standards. Um, so we did see that like quite a bit throughout the whole interview. And I think, Ty and Mylan, remind me, I think there were even a few that as 
you all were going through the interviews with them, they would even say explicitly, oh gosh, I didn't realize how, like how similar I was to my father. Like there was even that reflection during the interview, like as they were talking through it, because I think in some ways they were thinking they were so different in some regards, but then it was like, oh, the more I talk about it, the more I realize that I picked up more than I, than I thought I did. Yeah, that was seen in almost every one of the interviewees uh, that they were similar to their father. And one talked about how they had two ag teachers and they were similar to both of those ag teachers, not just their fa- their father. So, so Tracy, you were talking about recruitment here. And so what's, what's some things that you could talk to state leaders about as we're working through, is there anything... I don't think you know unique or special that we need to be thinking about as we onboard second generation ag teachers to again make them feel supported to to live out there to recruit them to do that but not feel that pressure but then also to acknowledge the experience that they had to, to bring to bring forward from there. I mean we don't want to make this completely the family business but how what do we learn from this is how do we how do we make this uh, useful for us in terms of recruiting recruiting in general. Yeah, so I, I, I think a, a couple of things. Um, one, at, at some point when we were analyzing the data, one of the themes that popped up was that idea of travel and, and how much they talked about that travel was an important part of growing up and how that connected to their choice of being an ag teacher. And so and, and I know, you know, Mylan could talk a bit more about this, but just the idea of, of just that immersion aspect of they were immersed in the job and in a way that, that others are not immersed, you know, you know, one talked about being in literally in backpacks and whatnot on SAE visits and the like, you know, I mean, it just, it's, it's their life. They got to see so much and experience so much. And so, thinking about what are those ways that we continue to do and engage in immersion and getting them uh, connected, um, I, I think is, is, is really important. Um, and, and it's funny because I was reflecting this morning and just kind of mentally preparing. I remember as a pre-service teacher, I was working at Ohio FFA camp and I was talking to an ag teacher and he was telling me that um, if it weren't for these extra things that you get to do as an ag teacher, there's no way that he would be an ag teacher. And at the time I was kind of taken aback and it it was ridiculous for me to do so, but it's the idea that in any job, there there are things that you really need to look forward to. Uh, And I think that's, again, just, there are aspects of this job that are really unique compared to other teachers that we need to continue to draw out in, in regard to recruiting and, and traveling, that travel piece really seems to be one of them. And I, I don't know about you all in your all states, but you know, we just had uh, our summer conference for our ag teachers in Ohio here last week. And you know, part of the frustrations of the year was the fact that they didn't get to go to national convention and state convention and those kinds of things. And so I, I do think that there's something there related to one, just being immersed in the job, but also on the other side, like one of the parts of the job that they love is, is getting to travel and, and that aspect. So there, there's something that we could, I think, potentially to do with, with that piece. Um, 
it was it wasn't its own theme, but it certainly showed up enough that it caught our our attention as we were kind of um, thinking about analyzing the data and the interviews. Tracy, are there any cautions with that immersion? As far as like, I think about some of my own students who are like, <laughs> I don't like, I don't want to do that job. Is it is so? Is there something maybe first? Is it different for students who grow up in it? who then say like, that's what I wanna do and know that that's kind of what they wanna do. Um, or are there some cautions there for us as well as far as that, that immersion in our jobs go? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll share an anecdote with you. When I was an assistant professor at the University of Kentucky, you know, we would invite in, um, we would invite in uh, agriculture teachers during, um, I think it was student teaching at that point in time, you know, just to talk to our pre-service teachers about what that, what that life is. And, and this particular student teaching class happened to have several second generation ag teachers. And again, thinking about this study, I think about this group a lot in this particular interaction. And they were talking a lot about the idea of well, our family vacations were the FFA trips. And, and, and I remember watching the faces of those second generation ag teachers as they kind of cocked their head back. Like though, it, uh, to me in, in pairing that interaction and watching that play out with this study, to me, the thing that I learned there is I think the travel is fun and important, but maybe the other side of it is it's not a complete replacement for everything. And so just being aware of that, you know, with your family that I think it sounds like the kids love that aspect. Certainly it was impactful for these second generation ag teachers. You know, we, we, we didn't interview children of ag teachers who didn't become teachers. And there's a story there too, yeah. um, as well as for, for those who might've considered it, but decided against it. And so uh, decided against it for the as a career. And so I think there's some something to be learned there as well. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, one of the things I think back when I entered the profession, ag teachers conference and different FFA events, those were, there was a family affair. I mean, the whole, the whole, yep. the whole gang came. And then as I kind of went through my progression, that, that kind of stopped where it was just the ag teacher showing up and there's like, they didn't want to drag things around their, their family around. But now I'm almost seeing it's kind of coming back to where you, you're going to ag teachers conference, you're going to convention and you're seeing more and more ag teachers with their children, with them and their families with them to do that. So it's kind of interesting to kind of see those cycles change. And I think, as you brought up, there's both good and bad to see these things. It's probably good to, to, to spend that time with them. But as you're saying, Tracy, it probably shouldn't be all of it. You probably like maybe want to go on a family vacation every once in a while. That's not a cattle show or an ag teachers conference. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that the other aspect is I think ag teachers want to hang with other ag teachers, too. And that's not as easy when you've got your kids with you, uh, you know, in, including the things and activities and events that might happen after the sessions. And so, um, you know, I, I think there's that aspect, too, where you're also trying to uh, part of a conference is building, you know, networking, camaraderie, those kinds of things that that uh, aren't necessarily on the agenda, but to me are, are really high outcomes for spending the time and money to like attend some of these activities and events. And I think that's a great observation. I think not only is it a professional network, but uh, you know, being an egg teacher becomes kind of your social network as well, or even, even teachers mm -hmm. within a, a school district, you start building those relationships and it becomes a social network as well. And 
maybe we don't spend as much time thinking about how we formally build those out and they happen kind of organically, but uh, that certainly is part of it. And this has been a great conversation and a great topic today. Um, I really appreciate the uh, perspective and, and, and looking at um, ag education, looking at recruitment kind of from a different perspective with these second generation ag teachers and whether we, we are second generation ag teachers or, or first generation and whether we're leaders in um, our state uh, staff and associations or in teacher ed programs or even um, our ag teachers associations. I think there's some nuggets in here that we can t really take away on the impact that we as ag teachers have and, and the impact that that has on the next generation of, of uh, ag teachers that are mm -hmm. developing and coming out of our programs. And, and just building that awareness is certainly an important piece. So great work coming out of Ohio State. Uh, Mylon and Ty uh, and Tracy, thank you for joining us on All Pellets today and uh, keep up the great work. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.